welcome to Knock On Podcast, where we bring you archery information and education that you can trust. Knock On was created as a way to bring all archers together, regardless of the brand you choose or the style of archery you shoot. Knock On Podcasting will deliver professional insights to the latest gear, proper shooting technique, along with high-level equipment setup and tuning. Hey, 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 everybody, what's up? New Knock On Podcast, and this podcast is with the one and only Sean DeGray from Total Archery Challenge. What's up, my man? sitting here trying to uh, get prepared for the tour i know ready to rock i'm pumped i'm pumped so this is um the purpose of this podcast is uh to kind of get everyone out there who's excited about the total archery challenge up to date and really to give everyone um i don't know a, a couple things one we're gonna we're going to be kicking off um, a brand new series here um, this week, um, which is going to be winter tack training. And it's going to be a series that I'm working on finalizing now that's going to give you kind of an eight-week program that's going to break down a lot of different topics that can help you in your total archery challenge, which was kind of a, I guess it was a brainchild of me and you both, Sean. Is that fair? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I mean, we've just had a lot of guys, you know, that ask questions and uh, where you've already got this rocking, um, you and I just kind of talked about it and you've got a lot of questions that you can answer for people on how to do it. So I think it's, I'm excited about it and I think a lot of people are too. Yeah, and we recently, we just finished up on Saturday. Um, there was... I think 10 consecutive days of um, school of knock videos that went live on the knock on archer YouTube channel. And I think you guys shared them as well, but um, it was the school of knock series for last year, which was kind of more private. It was only on our website, but we kind of launched it publicly again to kick off this winter tack training. And the topic was converting your bow over to what I refer to as attack hybrid. So I've always been an advocate of for the tack events. I like to take a bow that is very similar to my hunting bow. And I think a lot of people take specifically their hunting bow, but there's also people that go there and realize that the tack is challenging and just a hunting bow isn't really going to be, I mean, it's going to have limitations. I mean, you're definitely going to be 100% um, knowledgeable of what you're able to do with your hunting bow if you're only hunting bow. But there's also things that I personally like to do um, to get me kind of in between where I was when I was 100% a competitive target archer and where I was when I was a bow hunter. I'm, I'm not like in full competitive archery mode and I don't really train that way anymore. I'm truly a crossover archer. Um, so this series was really just showing you, you know, to look at maybe, you know, trying some lighter poundage limbs for the tack events or your summer training so you can get more reps. Um, looking at the variations of like what a different fletch size could do for you at some of these longer shots. Um, you know, the importance of 
you know, maybe taking multiple pins off and going down to a like a single or a dual pin setup or, you know, reducing your peep size just a little bit for a couple months and, you know, just really seeing how good you can actually be as an archer um, when you make some of these slight modifications that help improve your accuracy, especially when you're talking about tack events, which are notorious for longer shots and more challenging angles and, you know, across the canyons and there's wind in play and the footing is poor and, and all the different things that Sean likes to freaking dish out to people. Yeah, I mean, you you help in that too, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and it's crazy that you and I, like, it's it's 100% accurate and fair to say that, like, we are not paid by any aero company to, to uh, wreak havoc on contestants. Um, we're, you know, we're... We, we love the challenge of it, and we love hearing people come off the course and just say how freaking much fun they have. And, you know, it's cool you know seeing what? people come you know off what? the course where they're laughing about hitting a tree rather than being all pissed off, you know? Right, exactly. It is interesting, though, um, as you talk to these guys that have done the event multiple years, you know, the first year they lost x amount of arrows and they come back and you're talking to them how'd you do and they're like oh man i did awesome i only lost a couple arrows this time or whatever so guys are getting better they know what to expect they're and they're getting better at it and that's why i think this series you're talking about is going to really improve people and save them some arrows too by understanding some of these things that like for myself uh i'll be tuning in quite a bit because I'd like to understand that a little better. I know we should purposely not tell you though, because then you're going to know how to, how to cheat us out of it, out of being good at those things <laughs> because you're going to be like, Oh, they're going to yeah. do this. So guess what? I'm going to do this. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's how Sean right. plays that game. <laughs> well, I th one of the things that really make people progress, especially when it comes to the tack events it's just realizing that they're not they don't have a choice at how hard they're getting pushed like the course is set and you're pushing people harder than what honestly than what most courses in local areas are able to do and the tack event has really maximized every location to to make it challenging but obviously there's also a course that isn't as um, as challenging, which I think is important. Um, you know, there's like the locals course, um, which I tell people all the time, Hey, if this is your first one, you know, go shoot a locals course your first round and, you know, get the, yeah. get the vibe for it and, you know, get some of the nerves out. And then after that, then, then, you know, do some of the, some of the other ranges that, you know, that's, what's cool is after, what is it? One o'clock. Yeah, 1 o'clock. After 1 o'clock, people can, you know, you kind of go out, um, you know, on your own uh, time frame. And you kind of, if you can get on a range, then you go and shoot. So, you know, there's certainly people that are hardcore and just get out. They just shoot it so many freaking times. But don't be afraid to, like, 
pretend like you're going to a um to a ski hill for the first time to ski and start out on a bunny course and you know hopefully by the end of the weekend you're you know you're able to hit one of the black diamonds you know and take take up some of your friends on the challenge that's that's what i think is so cool about it and honestly another thing in my opinion that makes the tack events so cool is just that you're not so score focused um i just feel like way more people have fun when there isn't a scorecard involved and you're, you know, some people are willing to, you know, shoot that target again, or, Hey, let's step back a little bit further this time than we did yesterday. And, you know, I think all those things add in to where people just have a really rad experience. Yeah, <clears throat> I agree. It, uh, not where score isn't, isn't, uh, anything that can, win you something then people will try you know you talk to guys all the time at these shoots they're like i had no idea i could do that shot or this <laughs> shot yeah and and it's because they wouldn't you know if you're competing then you need to you're not going to try to do that necessarily while you're there you're gonna be working on it beforehand but you people really step outside their comfort zone and learn they can shoot a lot better or learn how to shoot better at all these different techniques you know whether it's uh the steep angles or the long distance or the loose footing or uneven footing one foot higher than the other all those different things and so i think i don't know that's part of it right is in the end you shoot all these long crazy shots with tight gaps and all that so that when you're out in the field and and something comes across uh and it's maybe not as long or as tight of a gap you're super confident in that shot I talked to a guy this morning. <clears throat> he killed a nail guy bull at 78 yards. I said, that's Was that Sloan? Says, Dude. Yeah. Yeah. He I says, saw that. that. That's tax confidence. He says, being able to practice that in the scenarios we do, like, that's why he's able to do that. He stepped outside his comfort zone and got good at it, and he smoked that thing. <laughs> Dude. And a public land Neil guy with a bow is I know, honestly, awesome. yeah. I mean, that's like we all know there's not that much public land in Texas, and you got the job done. I know. I'm I'm like total. I want to hear that story. Truthfully, that's pretty awesome. So, give us an update on where we're at with with TAC events. What what events are rocking? What events aren't? Um, How's the schedule looking? Let's give everyone an update on that and like where we're going to be this year when it comes to to COVID restrictions or what you guys are going to imply and and all that good stuff. So so we uh, currently we're going back to all the events we had scheduled last year except for Vermont again. That's been shut down. Uh, we're working currently trying to either reschedule that event at uh, Killington Pico or move to another venue uh we're working with a few to try to figure that out uh outside of that texas is good to go you know texas tennessee pennsylvania michigan south dakota colorado montana and then of course we've added utah but there's two events that are now back to back uh as far yeah, talk as a little bit COVID, about let's talk a little bit about that too because people yeah, are going to see I'll dive into that. Okay. Um the uh <clears throat> for the covid restrictions we're 
we're cautiously optimistic for sure that we'll be able to do all the events and we'll follow whatever the venue says. I think some of the, sometimes the, we ha I had somebody uh, email me the other day and say, Hey, you know, if you're going to restrict our constitutional rights by not by telling us we have to wear a mask or whatever, then we're not coming. And it, it, far be it for me to tell a, a private landowner, be it the venue, how they should run their private land. And so we're going to do whatever the venue asks to try to make these happen. Right. Yeah. I don't know if we have to wear masks and neither do they right now, but if they're going to allow us to do the event, we're going to do whatever they ask us to, as far as that COVID restriction goes, just so we can do the event. Um, if it was up to me, I, I mean, I don't know that I'd make anybody wear a mask. Yeah. But it's not up to me. It's up to the private landowner. So we're going to play that by ear, and it's going to be venue by venue. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of things up in the air, and things are changing rapidly every day uh, with everything that's going on. So I'm not sure where we're at on COVID restrictions yet. Uh, it won't be any worse than last year, but hopefully it's better. I didn't feel so, like it was really that yeah. bad last year. The only thing I felt like, you know, took away from the event, so to speak, was I think um, I think a lot of people, uh, a lot of people, kind of avoided the vendor village a little bit more. Yeah. They were just precautious, you know. Which honestly, yeah. I don't feel like was a bad decision. You know, I felt like, you know, based on everything that was going on and a lot of uncertainty, it was just, you know, it was an, an easy thing to do that was wise. And, you know, we I think we made the most out of that situation, honestly. Yeah, um, I 100% agree. It could have been a lot worse. The fact that we were able to do the events was fantastic. Surprising, because I, honestly. Yeah, we canceled four of them, almost half of our events because of it so the fact that we were able to do any we were super excited about and uh and i agree i don't think it's that bad uh but you know i there's opinions on all sides of it but i think it was, i think for the most part everybody is pretty good and and they did what they were comfortable with <clears throat> yeah for sure are you are you for right now is it looking like there's going to be able to be some activities do you think, I mean, are we at least planning ahead to where there might be some activities, whether it's, you know, um, the REMEF banquet or, you know, yeah. any type of nighttime festivities? Yeah, right now, yeah, right now we are planning on doing uh, our after parties on Friday and Saturday night. Um, again, it's so up in the air, but we are, we're planning on it. We're looking forward to it. And we will go the extra mile to try to make this happen. Um, so if they tell us we need to have tables spread out six feet apart to make sure everybody's leaning on a table, we'll do that. But we're planning on it. I'm just hopeful, and maybe it's blind hope, but I'm hopeful that we'll be able to get back to some of that normalcy. Maybe you have to wear a mask, but at least we can have the party type of deal. So yeah. We'll, and it's going to vary by state for sure. Some states are more open than others. Yep. 
Yeah, I think um, last year it seemed like Colorado was definitely pretty um, – pretty serious about mandatory masks like even whether you're in a grocery anywhere you walked in they pretty much turned you around so you know it's not like it's not like you're going to be able to say well we're not doing that i mean it's really not up to anybody's choice at this this point it's like whatever the state's mandating that's going to have to happen people need to just freaking accept it i mean it is what it is at this point it is. And again, the fact that we can do it, I'm, I'm super grateful for. And at the same time, super grateful for uh, all the participants out there that attend, even though there might be some restriction like a mask that they don't agree with. We're super appreciative of them showing up and, and we can still do the event. I mean, if we don't do the event, they win, right? So <laughs> yeah, do the event. Yeah. hundred so percent. It. Uh, so we're, like I said, cautiously optimistic, um, moving forward, planning all the events that we would have on any normal year. I think now with the history that we have of this, people are probably a little uh, less concerned. And those that are, you know, stay away. And we're still going to have things available, the hand sanitizer and all that. But uh, let's just go out, get on the mountain, get outside and have a good time. Yeah, for sure. So one of the cool things that I'm excited about um, this year is it's going to be cool that in Salt Lake there's actually going to be two events. And are you still planning for that second event to, like, to be the hardcore daddy? Is that still the plan? Yeah, so, yeah, so Snowbird is just a hardcore mountain. A lot of exposure, long hikes rugged terrain and absolutely beautiful but rugged terrain uh you know the cliff shot which is the shot that has been shared more than any other as far as a photo shared on social media (laughs) more than any other shot we've got uh we're still we're going to go and do that we're actually trying to add another course um so that we have for those of you that know snowbird there's mineral basin which is the back side of the mountain we've done the sitka course back there in the past and we're actually trying to do Sitka on one side of the valley and knock on on the other side of oh, the basin cool. there, mineral basin. So that's kind of our plan. We're working through it right now. And then we'll have we typically have three down on the front side. We'll do two for sure. We're not a hundred percent sure we're gonna add the locals course that's been there in the past. I think we'll leave we'll we'll play that by ear based on uh you know, if it helps people to sign up for that course to get on the mountain to do bigger courses in the afternoon, then we'll work that in. But right now we're planning on doing it's the hardcore daddy. It's going to be <laughs> it's going to be similar to those of you that have done Snowbird, uh, the Snow Basin Sitka course in years past. Uh, it I don't did you you never showed up to do that, correct? Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah, I did it with like, um I did it with uh Easton. Remember I did oh, the Oh, that's I, right. You I, did. Yeah. Yeah, I did the I did the Easton deal there and and that's uh right. we had a good old time with it. Well, Snowbird or excuse me, the Sitka course in Mineral Basin in my opinion is the most picturesque and funnest course that we've ever set. Um, 
and uh, and it's rough coming out of there, but it is it is by far the, my favorite course that we've ever set. And so I'm excited to get back there and do it again. Uh, the reason we did it is, you know, Utah sells out fast, um, and uh, so we still wanted to be able to do this big festival with Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation and Elk Camp, and Park City is a lot of fun. That is a really fun shoot. Yeah, that's so a we'll great venue. So we'll be able venue. to do that. And then we, we get back to our roots where it all started for us, which was at Snowbird, just to be able to go back and do it again and, and provide that. You know, a lot of people are like, um, you know, I'd, I'd love to have tried Snowbird now that I've done these other events. And so we're like, you know what, let's just get back to Snowbird and get her done. Yep. And allow people to do that. <clears throat> we'll still have a vendor village and all that. Um and plan on after parties it'll be just like another event uh but it's just going to be snowbird which is harder than the rest because of it's a big mountain i mean you're dropping 3000 feet in elevation from home base to the top of the mountain so yeah i had a few ideas on that honestly for the knock on side of things i was um yeah i was i was um really contemplating putting a challenge out there um and get you know get like a cool a cool medal like pretty you know in a way a, a participation trophy but not really a participation trophy it'd be more like a a survival award <laughs> Perfect. i was thinking about no, i think it's great yeah i was thinking about doing something where we set up a really hard course and if people if people want to attempt it with like with one arrow that's like signed off on, you know, if you can complete it with one arrow, you freaking survive. You know what I mean? It would be, it would be pretty awesome to be able to, to see who could go out there and, and actually, you know, be technical enough to complete that thing. It would be kind of a fun challenge that no one's done yet. Oh, I think that's awesome. Absolutely. So that would be really cool. I mean, I'm not, I, I will say this, we're not going to make it, <clears throat> this is not going to be a thing where we're going to make the hiking so hard and this so hard. That's not, we're not, the hiking is what it is at Snowbird, which is a lot, um, but it's going to be the shots are what really make that event back there. And so I think if you do something like that, there's a lot of good area there on that backside that would be absolutely beautiful. There's a lot of guys that are excited about going back to Snowbird. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is a legit, super legit course. I mean, there's, there's no way people, if you go to Snowbird and survive that shoot, you can really survive an archery shoot. Any, in any country that I've shot, like there's a few countries that are notorious for having severe hardcore ang- hardcore angles and you could easily have one of the toughest world field archery courses on the planet at Snowbird for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a cool mountain. And a lot of guys have done it and uh, those that haven't, well now you'll get the opportunity. <laughs> I suspect it'll probably sell out uh, pretty quick. Um, but, uh, having both events, you know, some guys don't want to do that. They, you know, it's a, it's a long hike and it's a long day. Take you six hours or something to do one course. 
and uh but oh my goodness is it a it's a cool mountain i'm excited to get back there yeah for sure now what are some of the um what are some of the other courses that you think are a little bit of a sleeper that maybe people don't talk about as much that but but you think are you know legit places that maybe maybe people just don't give them a try the way they should well so the western states definitely because of the mountains have a totally different feel to them and allow us to do a lot of different things compared to back east where you've got thicker hardwoods but i would say two two of those sleeper courses one would be um terry peak granted that's in the black hill so you get some mountain terrain but terry peak you don't hear a ton about um and maybe it's because everybody who attends it doesn't want to, to have the rush of sales <laughs> but terry peak because it does get close to selling out or right out sell out uh, and it is a cool mountain and there's a couple courses there that, I mean, it, they are, they're a lot of fun. We have a cliff shot there, a little safer. I have less, less anxiety about that one than I do snowbird. Um, <laughs> but, uh, the other one I think is Michigan. I think Michigan's a, a, a sleeper. Everybody already knows about Pennsylvania. That event sells out, but. Michigan has some really, really fun terrain for what it is. Even the Sitka course, the Sitka course comes down this valley um, that you don't, it's not huge mountainous terrain, but the way this valley is laid out and rolls and how we've laid that course out, I mean, it, you get a lot of fun shooting in that. And, uh, so I would say Terry Peak, which is South Dakota, and then Michigan. Are okay. Two that you don't hear a lot about, but I think are a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to uh, to I'm looking forward to Michigan and Pennsylvania because both of those last year, I think the Michigan one got rescheduled to where I already had an elk tag that I you know was pre-booked. Yes. You know, it's like once we once we get past um, August for me, I'm I'm pretty much screwed for schedule, but, um, I, I really, I'm actually really looking forward to the Pennsylvania event because this year I think we're going to do a little bit of a, a little bit of a kind of a longer stop in Pennsylvania. I know that we're going to go by, um, Lancaster and do a really cool customer appreciation Lancaster parking lot party. Um, which I'm working on with those guys, which will be really cool. And I'm not sure if we'll do it the weekend before or the weekend after the TAC event, but then obviously the TAC event's going to be kind of a highlight too, which will be pretty rad. Um, but yeah, the Michigan <laughs> one, I know we have so many super hardcore, like knock on nation people in Michigan. I was bummed about that one. And how many um, Canadians come down to the Pennsylvania one? Do you get quite a few that well, down? Well, on a normal year, non-COVID, because the border's closed, there's actually, I, I'd have to pull it, but I would say over 100 are in yeah. PA. Um, That's what I figured. So we get, get quite a few, and we had a bunch reach out to us this year, and then, you know, and then the border's remaining closed, so they're not planning on it now. But it, uh, 
there's quite a few that come down for Pennsylvania, Michigan, both actually. <clears throat> yeah, that's awesome. You know what I want to do? Um, I think it'd be cool if you maybe gave a little bit of background about the guys that work with you because, you know, if anyone's been to the TAC events, um, you're going to go out and there's, there's going to be several faces that you see there continually that are such a huge part of wild, why the TAC events run so solid because it's not very common for events to be, to run that smoothly. And I mean, you, you have such a freaking awesome crew that is in charge of not only setting up the ranges, but getting the vendor village ready, taking the, taking the trucks to the next event, you know, breaking things down, getting water out on time for people, helping certain people get on and off the range if, if they need to. And I mean, last two years ago at park city, when that, um, when the transportation thing got so messed up the day before the ability for everybody to make that happen was probably the most impressive I've ever seen at a, a, a last minute event type thing. So do you want to talk about some of the guys and give them, give them a couple <clears throat> props? Cause yeah. I just feel like that's so valuable for them to, you know, if they go over to the novelty shot, you know, they know who they're going to see. If they see Patrick on the freaking side by side with the, mule deer horns on it they know who patrick is and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what i mean yeah so we talk about it all the time and and uh and give credit to our team it's not a, a sean or a monica thing it's definitely our team and uh the, patrick and frank both frank charles patrick uh booth are kind of our key mountain guys they're the guys that are driving patrick's been with us i'll just start with him He's been with us since year three, so about, I think, four or five years. He had one year where he went and hiked the PCT over on the coast there from Mexico to Canada, and so he wasn't with us that year. That's a whole other story. Someday, if you can get him to talk about it, that kid's got some stories about that trail. I know. But, uh, I agree. <clears throat> anyway, uh, Patrick's been with us all these years, and the thing about him and, and quite honestly are all everyone on our team is they treat this as their event. This isn't them coming to work for TAC. This is them acting and working as though TAC is their own. And, uh, and so they give it everything they've got. And these guys are with us the entire tour. They'll, uh, from the time we get here to load up the semi trucks, to going bouncing from event to event patrick typically drives our box truck and frank drives the giveaway truck um but you're right without without these guys and without them thinking the way they do on they they care oh they care about the customer having a good time they care about the setup being right um you know, Patrick or Frank will come to me as we're doing event an event set up and they'll be like, Hey, I think we need to change this or that because of this or because of that, it'll be better. They're always looking for how do I make this better, uh, for the customer. And, um, and that's, that's really hard to come by 
when you have guys on a team that take ownership like that uh, and have a vested interest in making sure everyone there has the best time that they can have. Uh, they're critical. Frank, Frankie and uh, Patrick both are critical on the mountain during the event. They're the ones that are filling up the water. They're the ones that, hey, we've got an issue with a target over here or, hey, this person, need we need to get them off the mountain for whatever reason. This person's injured. They're always the first on the scene. Uh, and so, <clears throat> and they love it. That's That's the best part about it is I'm not saying these long days and long weeks don't wear us out, <laughs> but these these guys love it. And I and I talk about Patrick and Frank because they've been with us the longest. They are in charge of the mountain uh, during the event, and um, we have some guys that you know come and go. Right, they come for a little bit. They'll do this event or that event, but these two are with us the entire tour. Uh, as we move down the mountain into the home base area, of course, you've got Monica, which most people know Monica because they got to check in there at the booth. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, she, her, her job, she basically takes care and manages customer service and, uh, taking care of people at home base, uh, on registration. And, and then down at the archery range, we've got, um, either Monica's dad, Corey, which a lot of guys know because he's been with us doing that for years. Yep. And then Donnie, Donnie Wilson was with us last year doing that. And we're hoping we can get him back to help run the range. Yeah. He's, he's <laughs> and, really fun uh, to have. He's really fun. To, I mean, everybody's fun to be around. I'm, I'm so, I'm so thankful the nights that all you guys take time and, and let me cook a meal for you because uh hey, we're we're appreciative of that <laughs> when you i mean i know sometimes we can't make it because it's hard you know the 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 shoot's over but we can't we can't get off the mountain till the last shooter's out and sometimes that's really late and uh by the time we get them off the mountain and get everything prepped for the next time it's 10 o'clock at night already but uh those few times the guys have been able to come over they're very very appreciative of what you do for them. And I think it's awesome. So thank you for that. <clears throat> oh, no problem. So, um, like Patrick's background is, uh, he worked for you guys, um, on some of the Ironman stuff, right? He did some bigger events, color runs, yeah, so Ironman. It was the, for me, he worked at the color run when I was there. And then he does, he's a, he works for another company called Silverback that, uh, does basically traffic control barricade and stuff like that for iron for, <laughs> really for all sorts of events. Yep. So he tra- Patrick's been all over the country doing events for years. You different types of events. And so he's very very conscious about flow and how to make people move in and out for ingress and egress. Yep. Uh, the most efficient. And I guess just to give people a little background on uh, Patrick, former Marine, uh, super freaking hardcore dude, loves waterfowl hunting, super passionate fishing. about, yeah, fishing, waterfowl hunting, you know, lo- is freaking great at photography, but just a legit workhorse. Um, 
I've got a I've got a mule deer hunt that I'm going to be putting out here once the tack stuff is all done and run its course. I've got a really cool mule deer hunt that that Patrick and I did together, and we had a freaking we had a gas that was cool. Um, what's Donnie's background? I know he did a lot. He does a lot of photography and stuff for different companies. Whitetail, I think, is kind of a big thing for him, right? Yeah, he's he's out of Ohio, lives in Montana now. Um, but yeah, he does a lot of photography and uh and a lot of that videography too. So a lot of guys hire him to go out during hunting season to film or or, or take photos of their hunts or whatever. Um and then construction, he's in construction management. That's what he does in the off season when he's not taking photos and video or or uh running the archery range cool and then so um he i take that back he guided quite a bit too back in ohio yep uh for whitetail that's right is he guiding some did he did you got was he just with you in colorado or did he guide some uh he wasn't with us in colorado was he in um, montana or something i remember montana I th- okay he, was, he had an elk tag himself in montana okay maybe that's year. what i'm thinking about yeah, that he spent quite a bit of time on, but uh, it, and then, you know, Corey is, well, I should go back to Frank. Frank and I have been friends. I moved to, I moved into a new town when I was a freshman and Frank was the first kid I met and uh, we've been buddies since. And like Patrick, he's an absolute workhorse. Um, he doesn't stop. <laughs> get the job done and he gets it done right uh frank works for us i'm not not full time but three days a week two to three days a week he works here in the shop as we you know build out things we have we have another company where we uh, manage other events and and so we're always working on things building things and um he's here now actually i'm at the shop and uh we're just getting everything ready for the the summer tour but uh he's he like patrick and as you know you can't you can't do what we're doing to the capacity we're doing unless you want to work hard cuz the job has to get done yeah so some these guys man they they work their guts out yeah that's one uh, thing i thought was important is because when people go to these events especially if it's your first one i mean if you take an elk season and multiply that times three. Um, that's pretty much what these guys are putting in when it comes to effort. Like every oh, yeah. every time they're setting up a range, it's equivalent to packing out an elk. Like no question about it. It's equivalent to like shooting an elk and having to pack it out. And they do that, you know, three times before or four times before the shoot starts. And then they do it the day the event's over so that they can be at another place in a few days. So, I mean, these guys are yeah. freaking hustling. I mean, hustling. Like, I have so much respect for them. That's why, you know, if there's ever a time where someone's, you know, mad about one little thing, it's like, hey, man, take a deep breath. These dudes, if if it is an issue, they will get this straightened out so fast. Like, these guys are crushing it to be able to, like, make this an awesome experience for you and that's really what they want um one thing we should talk about too is for someone who's looking at going to a total archery challenge for the very first time 
what like what do they need to do what what should they you know what's the one thing you hear from people that say man I really wish I would have done this this time but I'll do it next time I mean are there a couple key points there when it comes to either registration or you know something that people commonly don't have uh I don't know that it's so much don't have I you'll hear uh, there's a couple things I guess one I would say is I wish I'd have done more days <laughs> so okay. a lot of these newcomers you know they pick one day or whatever and they're done and they on some of these events they want to try to add some days and they can it's sold out or whatever um and they're like dang it I wish I'd have registered for this or or I wish I would have brought so and so and so I think if there is a question there and it's lingering, then yeah, then add a, add another day or two. Um, and then as far as equipment, which I know, um, and maybe we'll get into that on this, is you're going to kind of talk about that in this TAC training series. Yes. But having, that, having the right pair of uh, shoes, whether it's a pair of boots or a good pair of hikers, Yeah. but that's another one that we hear is, Oh, I should have brought, I wish I'd have brought these or those. They're way more comfortable for doing this type of terrain. And, uh, so that'd be the other thing is, um, boots is pro shoes is probably, I would say at the top of what people wish they would have brought. Yeah. Um, and it varies for everybody, right? It's different for everyone. Some people are, have, better arches they can handle this or that or better strength or i don't know but yeah when i see when i see people when i see people go out there and just bust that whole course with a pair of tennis shoes i'm just like wow okay freaking (laughs) legit (laughs) i i'm almost positive at snowbird one year i i'm i'm almost positive it was isaac Oliman was walking down at snowbird in tevas and I, it blew my mind. I'm like, you did not just do that course. And he's like, yeah, I took a picture of it. It's posted on our Instagram somewhere of just these dirty feet in Tevas, and he did the mountain in those. And I think it was him. I would have to verify I that, would be willing to say I, Jay Byers has definitely done attack and flip-flops. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Well, dude, I don't that sucker it. wears flip-flops to, like, elk camp. And I mean, and he's just getting after it the whole time in these things. Like, I don't know, just it like totally doesn't even phase him for him to have flip flops on all the time. I don't know if he did attack, but I'm willing to bet if he did shoot attack, which I'll have to ask like Yolmar or something, but I bet you he's freaking shot attack and flip flops. (laughs) Well, I am not that tough. (laughs) I'm looking for the full leather boot. Make sure nothing can seek th- sneak through there. Like if I wear my tennis shoes and you've got a bunch of dirt coming through, and I, uh, I, I like, I wear a full leather boot and I love it and I wear it all year. I think one thing people should definitely um, maybe plan a little better for. One of the things when I went to the first tack, I didn't plan a little better for was just there's when you have your shooting time. 
there's a lag between your shooting time is when you need to be getting on the lift to go up, not when you need to be at the registration tent. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, you're right. I, I'm, I would say last year, I think we got ahead of that a little bit. Um, we include that in their emails now. This yep. is when you need to be at the lift. So plan on checking in 30 minutes to an hour or before your time. Yep. Um, to get everything, but you're right. You do your knock time is when you need to be on the lift or at the shuttle or however that functions, depending on the venue. Uh, that's your starting time to be at the course. Yep. So, and not to there. This question does come up a little bit, a lot less now. But again, that knock time is where you get on the lift or the shuttle or in Texas, for example, you can walk to Texas MPA. You can walk to a course, and that's where you start. But it doesn't mean you ride the lift up beforehand and get to the course. Right. It's where you would get on the lift. And so, tech, so and that's why we do that. This year, Texas will be the very first event. Um, is that has registration already happened? Yeah, it opened on Wednesday of last week. Texas and the Southeast shoot both opened. Um, and Texas, I believe, it's if you want to get on Texas, you need to get on it now. It's <laughs> moving really fast. Yep. And Tennessee we'll... is moving at a good pace, but it's uh, still got some room. Uh, we weren't <clears throat> last year as everybody knows who did our event we opened all the events together we thought we had uh everything taken care of where that wouldn't be a um, an issue and we crashed the site with all the uh people coming yeah um, we learned our we learned our lesson from this and uh it sucks it that was a that was that was a lot of work um but uh this year we're not doing it that way. We're opening after Texas and Tennessee, which we open together. Now we open one event a week. Oh, cool. So on every Wednesday, the event will open. So this week on Wednesday, uh, is Pennsylvania will open up. Yeah, that's so, awesome. And then next week will be Michigan. So one event a week. So that, that also, we open them at 9am mountain time. Uh, regardless of where you're located, where the venue's located in the U.S., the reason we do that is that if you're having any issues, then we've got our people ready to go here on the registration platform, which is a third party, but also our customer service is ready in case there's any issues and we need to handle it. Because um, as you know, some of these events sell fast. And so there's a lot of people that are going to have questions. That's why we're opening at 9 a.m. Mountain so that we can have our team ready to take care of you. Yep, perfect. Perfect. Well, dang, man, we freaking got it covered. I was, <clears throat> uh, I'm looking forward to this whole experience. We've, I've got some things that are in the works that I haven't even fully discussed with Sean yet, which I think are um, going to really make – some of this stuff uh funner for consumers that are going to these events i'm i'm kind of all in 
Um, you know, I, I just really love the event. My family, my friends that all go to tax just have such a freaking good time um, that we're from knock on from knock on's point of view we're just a hundred percent like sold on this format and what this does for just people that are enjoying you know shooting archery so we actually have a pretty big commitment not only with this winter tack training series which the purpose for that um, for those listening are going to be um, and I can just kind of spoiler alert um, the first one isn't actually going to be necessarily an exercise of shooting, but it's going to be a new protocol to where I know a lot of people out there who have followed the school of knock and who have followed some of, you know, my, my coaching sessions that I've posted, you understand that there is a shot routine that I focus on. And I think if you've done a good job of putting puzzle pieces together, you've probably put that shot routine together. However, when it comes to major events, and when it comes to very technical archery courses like the tax are, um, there's actually a whole different set of protocols that aren't part of my shot routine when it comes to my technique or actually, you know, going through that first step of looking down at my stance and then going through, you know, for me, that 12 to 14 second process of making the shot. When it comes to very technical courses, there's actually a checklist and certain things that I look for and check off my list in relation to actually assessing the target and making decisions on that target line that are going to prep me for my shot. So it's more of a, the first segment is going to be about going through your your checklist of being prepared for that target you know whether it's um you know one of the things is going to be you know what is my footing like on this or for example what is the angle you know the angle confirmation so obviously i'm going to do some videos about teaching how to shoot on angles and how to properly execute angled shots but more importantly there's also the thing of have you actually set your um, have you properly ranged and set your sight so that you're shooting for the right distance based on that shot or does this shot have you know a, a high presentation of wind that you need to you know to adjust for so the first one is going to be target protocols of you know making sure you're 100% prepped to shoot that target before you even go through your your shot list and then um, we've got all the different things that are going to apply of you know how to be physically prepared what type of gear should you take to the tack you know how to shoot on angles you know you, if you've watched the series you already know you know how to properly set your bow up correctly for that tack event um, there's going to be a number of really cool things that, you know, we're going to be doing these videos for all of you and for Sean. And then we're actually going to be doing a, a pretty, uh, thorough job at the events of giving people better looks at the courses and also, um, giving them a guide, a better, a better opportunity for a guide to help 
assist them on shooting those courses the day of, which will be pretty dang cool, I think. No, I think it's awesome. And <clears throat> one of the things I've really liked about uh, working with you guys, having you on the team, and and quite frankly, all of our uh, all of our big partners on this is your guys' willingness to try to make the event better. Um, you know, that's always what we want to do. We always want to be, we don't want to stay stagnant. We always want to keep adding things and, and uh, making it funner and, and adding things, maybe not just on the entertainment factor, but adding things that are going to make the uh, participants better and having people like you on the team that, that want to do that and coming up with all these cool things that you understand way better than I ever could. For example, this series you're going to put on, uh, to help people be better shooters at the total archery challenge, uh, and a better shooter overall, I think is awesome. And so thank you for that. I, it makes our event so much better as we add these things that, that like knock on is doing, uh, to make our event better. And it's catered specifically to us, which is something I wouldn't have envisioned years ago. Uh, and now here we are getting to work with somebody like you and uh, putting something out there to make the shooters better and something concrete that they can take home and be better in the field when they're hunting, pursuing game. Yeah, what's cool about the TAC is it's a, it's a, it's a, it is really like an outdoor event. Like it's, it's, it's a true, um, I don't know, when you go to it, it's it's like you're going to an an entire experience you know it really is it's not like um it's not like just going to a shoot where you you get your scorecard you might be able to go to the practice range you get your scorecard and you make you go out and you make 20 shots and you know and your name's put on the scoreboard and you know you might win some cash the truth is you know you go there and you you can have fun walking around the village you can have a good time hanging out over at the novelty shots um that's always fun you know being over there hanging out for that and you know you can potentially win some awesome cash at those novelty type shots and then your ability to to go out and really prepare for an awesome year as a hunter you know, you're not just going out and shooting 20 arrows on a scorecard for half of a 3D range and coming back. I mean, you're able to go out there and even if you shoot the same course each day, there's nothing stopping you from slightly adjusting where you were to maybe change the challenge of that target a little bit more today versus yesterday. And I know when I shoot with, you know, when I shot with Schneider, we you know, we jacked around and shot the knock on course totally different than when I was shooting with some other friends. So, you know, you have the ability to really push yourself as much as it's fit for you really. And, and I think giving people something to do throughout the whole day and the amount of families that go there and have a good time is just, it's better for archery. I think, I think it's the, I think it's the best format out there. Yeah, it um, <clears throat> it's the one thing I think uh, I'd like to point out to anyone that's listening that maybe isn't uh, into 
as physical as some of some of these things are. Uh, Total Archery Challenge, we do, you mentioned it earlier, but we do have some courses that aren't near as technical. And uh, and that's so that everybody can come. So if you have some folks that can't shoot as technical or can't, you know, some of these courses aren't near the hike, others are. We try to provide an opportunity for everybody. Uh, but that being said, as you mentioned also, if you're going to do the knock-on course, which is a very technical course, you still can bring that buddy along who's not there, not quite there, or, or a young kid that can't shoot that far, and just, like you said, step in. Make yep. it work for them. So you shoot at the 90-yard shot between the trees and then take that person up to wherever they're comfortable, even if it's 20 yards and it's wide open. It's, it's totally fine. Tons of people do it. There's, not, there's no reason anyone should ever be embarrassed that they're doing that. And that's what's beautiful about it is there's nobody out there like, oh, get a load of this. That guy had to walk up to 20 <laughs> yards or 30 yards, right? Nobody cares. No. So all they care about is that you're there, you're having a good time and smiling, and they're having a good time and smiling, and everyone's happy. And the only other thing I'd add to that is if it sells out, which some of these sell out really fast, there's still a lot of cool things to do. So come up, shoot the range, shoot the novelty, hang out, meet guys, go talk to John Dudley, whatever, right? And uh, there's still a lot of fun there, even if you can't get on the mountain. And if somebody doesn't show up to our event for whatever reason, they signed up and don't show up, and somebody happens to show up, we'll let them on the mountain if there's room. Yep. So you can come up, hang out, plan on hanging out, having a good time, and there is maybe a chance you'll get on because some people don't show up and it happens at every event. Yeah. Yeah, so, for sure. <clears throat> yeah, I know. There's a lot um, more to it than just shooting. Yep. Last year I had a couple times where I told people to come out on the Sunday, which normally is a lighter schedule day. Um, I told them to come out on the Sunday and they had never even shot a course like that and probably hadn't shot much past 30 or 40 yards. So it was just like, Hey, on these first couple targets, I'm going to shoot and let's walk up and let's make that first shot at 20 yards. You know, let's use your top pin and, you know, second pin, we'll shoot it with your, your second pin and third shot. We'll shoot it with your third shot with your third pin. And then just as they build confidence, just slowly walk them out. And then maybe there's times where, you know, if they're wanting to take a longer bomb, um, just do it when you're shooting at a bigger target. You know, don't don't yeah. try to yep. drop a freaking <clears throat> long range missile on a you know on a hedgehog or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we yep. Hey, we do have some new targets we're getting. We did get an armadillo. Oh, Einhard great! Came out I with think... an armadillo target, so the old armadillo is going to be out there this year. <laughs> I wondered how so, small your new target would be, but that answered that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, there's a few targets they came out with. We ordered some of all their new stuff, and uh, I think people will be excited about They also came out with a small moose, which uh, we're excited to put out there on the course, too, just like that little elk. Yeah, caribou. The small now moose, got a moose is going to be interesting. I actually yeah, have we'll, a really uh, good idea we'll for a, a novelty spot. target, but I'm I'm gonna see if I can get it made uh, to bring out there. But yeah, 
I've got a I've, I've got a pretty good idea for a knock-on novelty shot. We'll see. We'll see if I can get one made, and if I can, I'll see if I can see how it works out. So that's awesome. Are you are you planning on anything, or maybe it's not. We we don't mention it yet of novelty to raise funds for another group. Um, um you raised quite a bit last year. Yeah, we did. Yeah, between between that event and then the bow that was auctioned. Um it really depends. I've got I've actually got a meeting uh tomorrow down in Atlanta to talk about um an endeavor to try to get to a uh to try to hit a million dollar goal with the Navy SEAL Foundation. So, I don't know wow. how much of my focus will be um on that i know we're probably each year we try to do something a little bit different um i know there was last year we did the special forces foundation um but i think this next year there's two other ones that we're contemplating so depending on how those look but if nothing else we'll do something where you know where we can win some freaking cool prizes one of the things we had talked about was actually doing a novelty shot where um not a hundred percent of the proceeds were going to a charity if we're doing charity stuff in another realm but we did yeah. talk about um doing a thing where the on thursday friday and saturday um there's like a novelty shot and then we actually saturday night at the tents right before we pack up we draw a name uh, to be a winner of a knock-on custom build that I would build with them at the trailer Saturday morning or Sunday morning and then nice. hit the course with them. Um, so I'm thinking about having like, you know, having six bows ready for for pre-builds to where, you know, they can kind of pick their stuff out. We'll build it right there at the trailer, get them dialed in and get them on the mountain, you know, as part of that that deal so that was an idea that i had that's awesome yeah it uh we'll have you know we have a few novelty shots we have the uh, truck again um we haven't we've already bought it it's wrapped we're ra waiting on accessories right now but this is probably going to be the one of the cooler builds that we've done since we started this thing so of course the truck's going to be there um, but one thing I wanted to say is, as we try to do these uh, after parties to help raise funds and do some things, um, it's a it's a big deal. We're going to change it up a little bit to try to get a few more people enticed to show up, provided we can do them. Um, because the year prior to the, to last year, so 2019, uh, those after parties raised over two hundred fifty thousand dollars for conservation. Yep. And uh and that's a big deal and a and a big shout out to all the participants that it was them that did that. And so hopefully we can bring it back and do it again. Oh yeah. Well not I not just conservation, we've got some other things going on too on the veteran side. Yeah, exactly. I know with um Black Rifle there's gonna be a, a huge um there's gonna be a huge thing that that will definitely take initiative on with that. I just wanna make sure last year um, last year I had something going with the special forces foundation due to a prior, prior commitment. But I also know that, um, 
the black rifle was really trying to do an initiative um, with a different foundation as well so this year i just want to do a better job at making sure we're paralleling each other and try to do some yeah. things where people can get more involved with that and uh yeah it should be it should be awesome i mean if you haven't been to a total archery challenge this is your year to do it um as long as these things can still happen which right now it looks like they are i can tell you that um there's never been probably more synergy when it comes to you know really awesome partners being behind sean and monica and the rest of the team in really trying to bring you just a freaking super super fun archery event so really try to sign up and get there because we're gonna make it we're gonna make it a good time no question about it yeah and if you need if you need the links to um registration because you weren't on our email list you're new to it uh send us an email info at totalarcherychallenge.com and they can get you taken care of so that you know where to go to get registered that day when it opens obviously your best opportunity to to get in is going to be the day it opens and um and we should be good to go if you have any questions most of the infos at totalarcherychallenge.com if not, hit us up on Facebook or Instagram or send us an email. Uh, we have a great team sitting there waiting to take care of whatever questions you have. And uh, the only other thing I wanted to add, and it's only because it's unfair that, you know, we spoke about Frankie and Patrick, but that's because they've been with us forever. Uh, and, and that's who people notice the most because they're the guys on the mountain mm -hmm. all the time checking up on you. But I think it's it's fair to mention that, uh, you know, you've got Ron Warren out there oh, yeah. who uh, started with us last year that's a big part of the team on the mountain. He runs the mountain with Frank and Patrick to make sure things are happening. And then uh, Chad Evans, he runs the base. So he's the one there at home base taking care of vendors, making sure uh, everybody around is doing well. And we have a lot of guys that fill in different spots and, and every spot's important, but don't I leave your son out, dude. dude. He's a freaking temperature taking machine. <laughs> <laughs> he is. And you know, he had yeah, trigger sure. finger last year, bro, for <laughs> how many freaking foreheads he popped in a day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Tristan, you're right. Uh, he's, uh, you know, I, it's fun as a father to uh, be able to work with my son. And of course, you know, he helps and set up and tear down to, and to it, uh, maybe I'm somewhat biased, but he's awesome and he works hard. So you're right. We got to mention him too, but everybody, there's other guys on the team and it varies event to event. There's typically eight to 12 of us, depending on the event. Um, and they all have, you know, their important part, but, uh, Anyway, so I just didn't want them to feel if they listen to this, they're like, wait a minute, you tell me my job's not important. Everyone's is. And, Everyone's uh, is, yeah, we, for sure. Yeah, we have even the temperature checker. That's the most boring <laughs> job in the world. That and the guy that checks your wristbands uh, to make sure you're okay to get on the, get on the lift. Yep. So his job probably sucks the worst because people trying to get on with their buddies and they're two hours apart and he has to tell them no. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we gotta we have that say, guy. Well, go talk to Monica. Yep. You gotta have the guy that says no. So 
anyway, but um, we do. We have an awesome team. The event has turned into uh, more than we could have ever imagined, and uh, and it's a huge part to the participants that come with the right attitude. Uh, they're there to have fun, no ego there, and the uh, partners we have to uh, bring everything they bring to the event to give it that fun fun factor that we have. Yeah, I'm I'm uh honestly I'm thankful for TAC because you've made you've made like archery courses fun for me again and like archery events. You know, I, I really do um I was just burned out on going to things where it was honestly all business. Um whereas for me this is something that, you know, I really look forward to, you know, I've got friends like you know, all the guys from Black Rifle and, and Jocko and, you know, everyone's just so freaking like, you know, they talk about, hey, where are we meeting up and how soon are you getting there ahead of time? And, you know, this is just an event that's that's super fun. So make sure you take part. And I'm looking forward to, you know, here by the end of the week getting this series out. I'm traveling all the way to South Carolina to try to get out of, sub-zero temperatures so I can actually do some videos um, without getting frostbite. I was hoping there were going to be a couple good weather days somewhere in the forecast, but it's minus 25 today, so I'm having to actually fly and get a camera guy out to an area to where I can film these uh, these eight segments for everybody, and I think it's going to be awesome. And thanks so much, Sean and Monica and all you guys. Freaking so awesome for putting on an event like this and growing the sport of archery. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. We love it. Cool, dude. Well, thanks again. I appreciate it. And check it out, everybody. Total Archery Challenge. Be sure to visit knockonarchery.com to see our entire line of trendy knock-on lifestyle clothing. Knockonarchery.com.